welcome to The Happy Writer, a show about creating and sustaining a long-term author career. My name is Patty Jansen, writer of science fiction and fantasy. I've published independently since 2011. This show covers motivation, diversification, learning new skills and your place in your career. Come on in and be happy. Episode 65 of The Happy Writer, I'm going to talk about point of view. So yes, this is going to be another craft episode. A few episodes ago, when I talked about the main writing mistakes that beginning writers make, I mentioned a lack of point of view control as one of those. In short, point of view is simply the answer to the question of who is telling the story. Point of view requires the author to make a couple of decisions before they start writing, and it's extremely important that it's consistent throughout. Why? Well, as with almost all other aspects of the novel, if the author is not aware of what they're doing, a lack of point of view control can make a story very confusing and will therefore violate one of the three principles of good writing. Don't bore the reader, don't annoy the reader, and don't confuse the reader. So let's have a quick overview of the different points of view and what it means for your storytelling. I will throw in tenses in here as well because there are only two and they are linked closely to point of view. You can choose to write in one of three points of view. Well, two and a half really because one is not very common anymore. There is first person, there is third person and we mostly refer to that as third person limited and there is omniscient. First person is where you tell the story through a character that you refer to as I, as in I did, or if you're choosing first person present tense, it is I say and I do. Most common is third person limited past tense, he said, she said, he did. This is the default in a lot of fiction. This means that the readers are preconditioned to expect it, and some will complain about any other point of view or tense. There is, of course, also third-person limited present tense. He does, she does, she says. This is also reasonably common. I would say that between these four points of view I just mentioned, you cover at least 95%, probably even more, of modern fiction. Omniscient is the point-of-view type of old fairy tales where you had an invisible narrator who was in all the characters' heads at the same time and told the story from the point-of-view of all of them, like moving chess pieces on the chessboard. It's often a bit lecturing, patronising or belittling. It's not very common because not that many stories especially when they contain modern concepts and modern sensibilities, are told well in omniscient point of view. It's also that writers don't really realise what it means, and they think omniscient means they can head-hop as much as they like, and no, it does not mean that. Head-hopping, when you cover multiple characters' thoughts and experiences from their point of views in the same scene, is usually poor practice because it's very confusing and you should try to avoid it. Head-hopping breaks the reader's understanding of the answer to the question, whose story is this? 
Best practice is to cover one character per scene. I usually write in single point of view, so the whole book is from the same point of view character. But if you have multiple, use one character per scene, and in that scene cover only thoughts, emotions and experiences as experienced by that character. If they can't see it, can't hear it, or hear about it, can't know it or didn't experience it, don't cover it. Omniscient can probably best be compared to a movie maker's point of view. The movie maker can cover each character in the scene and can cut to a different scene in the movie, but the movie can never get into the characters' heads other than to describe their emotions. The movie maker is in fact a character of their own because they decide where to cut and which character to focus on, but other than that, the movie maker is a bystander who watches the characters from a distance. One of the great advantages of books over visual media is that books allow you to get into the minds of the characters. They allow you to see how the character is thinking and processing things as it happens. Why would you want to delete that advantage? So other than to say don't use it, this is the only thing I will say here about omniscient point of view. And of course it's your book and you can do whatever you please. If you want to write in limited first but head hop all over the place and jump point of view in mid-scene, go ahead. No one is stopping you. But if the sales are poor and the reviews are poor and people complain they're confused, this might just be why. Clarity is non-negotiable. For completeness sake, I also have to mention the second person point of view because you do sometimes see it mentioned. It is one where the narrative is addressed to the reader. You do this and you did that. It's kind of cute and novel for very short pieces of fiction, but it quickly gets boring and it would be extremely hard work to maintain for an entire novel. I remember being in a writing workshop once and I brought in a chapter of a novel that was in first-person point of view. A woman who was also a member and writer went off at me about how agents and publishers, because that was who we were courting at the time, would only want third-person past tense and my chapter was in first-person. This was at the time that Twilight was extremely popular, and it is, in case you haven't noticed, and many people haven't, written in first-person, present tense, so one of the more unusual points of view. It didn't harm sales, didn't it? In fact, a lot of people never even noticed it. Anyway, I was annoyed at this woman, and I wrote a story in second-person, future tense, just to show her that I could... I sold the story to a magazine too, but it was very hard work and not something I'd want to do for an entire novel. Novels need to be easy to read. They need to be not annoying. They need to be not confusing. You need to control your point of view, so it is neither of those things. So whatever you pick, first or third, whether you pick present tense or past tense, do it well and stick with it. There are, of course, very unique issues that you may be facing with each viewpoint or tense. People say that first person is supposedly more personal. I call bullshit on that because grab a novel in third person of your shelves, copy a bit of text and simply change all the instances of he or she 
for the character with I, it doesn't change how close the story is to the main character. In first person, you can spend as much or as little time in your character's head as with third person. It's just the idea of writing in first person brings out the rambling monologues in a lot of writers. So if you do choose to write in first person, make sure that you cut yourself off for when you find you're doing too much of this. Signs that you're rambling are when you're starting too many sentences with the word I, or that you get a tendency to flip tense from past to present because you're lecturing at people. So, in effect, you stop the story to tell the readers about something that exists in the world in a present tense. Here is a random example. I never had much to do with him because he lived on the other side of the valley. A creek runs through the valley, and the only bridge that crosses it is on the outskirts of town. This is a tense flip from past to present between the two sentences. The first sentence mentions something that matters to the character. The second sentence lectures the reader about the setting. When you find yourself flipping tense like this, it's a sure sign that you're rambling and lecturing. Keep it in past tense and cut most of the explanation out. There are people who vehemently argue against first person, but won't even know that Twilight was written in first person. When the story is engaging, most of the readers won't even notice. When readers tell you that if they see a first-person story, they won't buy it, well, there are lots of other reasons why people won't buy stories. They might not like orphans, or they might not like a particular way in which a character was interacting with another character on the very first page of the look inside. There are honestly so many reasons. Don't listen to them. If someone berates you for writing something in first person, there is only one answer that shuts them up. Twilight. Of course, first person is much more common in some genres than in others, and it does pay to have a look at the trend. The novel in first person I was writing that the woman in the workshop got upset about was of course the first book of the Ambassador series, and the entire series is all in first person. But if you're looking to reduce the most amount of friction between yourself and the reader, third person past tense is always a safe choice. The vast majority of books are written in third person past tense. But even third person is still a limited viewpoint. You choose a character and you follow that character's story. You should be able to interchange he or she with I without changing the meaning of the story. If you do this as an exercise and you find yourself talking about things that the character could never have known, you have already broken the limited view of the third-person viewpoint. Third-person still means that you have to stick to the things your main character can find out or experience. It doesn't mean that when you introduce another character in the scene, you can jump to that character and tell the reader what they are thinking. To do this is breaking point of view, head-hopping, and it's as confusing as hell. Throughout your book, you want your reader to be able to answer within a second of having asked the question, whose head are we in? So even when you're in third-person point of view, you can't throw in bits of information or experiences that the character could never have known. That is breaking point of view, 
do that too often, and the readers will punish you for it by putting the book down because they're confused. Of course, there are well-selling books that get away with it, but they get away with it because they have a good story, and they get away with it despite the fact that it's confusing. If you're a beginning writer, don't assume the same will happen to you. Make it easy for the readers. Stick to one person's experiences, and if you want to swap to another character, insert a scene break, and then follow the other character for a bit. You always have to be clear whose head you're in, and then have a scene break and move to another character. The same applies if your character is at the level of a narrator who tells the overall story, or the same character who tells a different part of a story with the benefit of hindsight. The reader should be able to tell, preferably in the first sentence of the scene or the chapter, who the main character is. This becomes more important the more different points of view you have and the more often you dump between the characters. At this point, I'm going to introduce a little cousin of point of view confusion, and that is pronoun confusion. Your reader should always be able to tell, every time you use a pronoun, he or she, what character you mean. If you have two women in the scene, you need to make it absolutely clear that each time you say she, the reader knows which of the two women this word refers to. It is very good practice to name a character straight away in a scene. Sometimes you see writers wanting to be mysterious and they start off by saying she did this and she did that without saying who she is. Even if for some reason you cannot name the character and you better want that to be a very good reason, like no one knows the character's name and not just because you want to make it mysterious, you should at least say the woman in your first sentence. Because if you start off with she, not only will the readers wonder, hang on, who is this she we're talking about? If it's a fantasy, they might also wonder if it's a human or an elf or maybe it's an animal. Also, the woman is very generic. Was the woman old? Was she young? Was she rich? Was she poor? Just using the word she throws up a lot of questions and none of them are either descriptive or good. Mostly, they put more questions in the reader's head than necessary. While you want the reader to have questions, the most important question the reader will have is who the hell is she, and that's not helpful or mysterious. It's just annoying. So there you go. Make a decision about what point of view you will be writing in before you start writing, and then stick to it. Make sure you stick to point of view, and don't head hop to other characters' heads and insert things they could never know regardless of whether you write in first person or third. When you use a pronoun he or she or it, make sure the reader can always tell who you refer to and that you are as descriptive as possible the first time you introduce a character, even if at that point we don't know the character's name. That is a quick summary of point of view takeaways, but if you adhere to them, you really can't go wrong. In the next episode, I will be talking about lived experience. Using real experiences by real people to inform your characters and to build a diverse cast of characters with genuine-sounding experiences. Thank you for listening to The Happy Writer Show. 
check out links and information about other episodes on my website at pattyjansen.com, where you can also find out about my books. You can support me by subscribing to the show or on Patreon at patreon.com slash pattyjansen.com.